Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Coaching from the Couch. We're on to episode four this week. We're episode four. We made it four episodes, which I think is something to be yeah. proud of. So we'll uh, we'll we'll throw a party for episode five, I think, and we'll have some cake and some some decorations or something. But um, <laughs> episode four, we're covering uh, week seven primetime games this week. So um, a lot of good games. We've had a pretty poor stretch of. Um, not so great primetime games. Obviously, week six was pretty stale, and I think week five was not great either. But week seven, I think, really uh, showed up in a in a good way. So, Dallin, before we jump in, welcome. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm feeling good after yeah, a week into some good games, like you said. I was I was getting kind of bored with with the games for the past couple weeks. I'm like, okay, I don't even want to see these games. But these were actually some primetime games that I was actually excited to watch, and yeah. they they delivered pretty good for me. So I feel, yeah. I feel good about what we saw. Yeah, me too. A lot of good matchups. I love the Jag Saints matchup. I love Dolphins Eagles. And then obviously we talked last week about 49ers Vikings and I was not loving that matchup. Um, and I will control myself as much as possible as a Vikings fan, but really excited to talk about that game. Um, loved what we saw there, but we'll, we won't get ahead of ourselves here. We'll start with Jag Saints as always. Uh, so Jags went into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Jags ended up pulling out a win 31-24. Uh, that raises the Jags to five and two. The Saints dropped to three and four. Um, some early, early thoughts for me, uh, just, just from watching the game. Um, the Jags have to find a way to be more consistent than they were. Um, they start the game off so strong. You know, they're, they marched down the field in the first drive. Uh, score a touchdown and then I think the Saints missed a field goal so it wasn't anything on their part but then they had a lot of like bad mistakes um, they had a fumble the next drive which is really sad to see um, they scored a touchdown later um, ended with a field goal so they end the first half 17-6 there was a couple mistakes in the first half that I think they'll want to clean up obviously the fumble like I mentioned um, and then there was a muffed punt as well that I'm sure they'll want to well muffed is a is a not the right word but uh, it was a yeah um, but yeah, so a couple mistakes there, but then the second half was just a completely different game. Um, the, besides the pick six that the Jags got, they were almost unable to do anything. They had one good touchdown drive and I will give them the credit that it came exactly when it needed to. But the fact that you're even letting the saints come back into this game when you're up 17, six at halftime, it's like really bad. And your offense was moving fairly well in the first half. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think the Jags need to be more consistent. They need to find a way to to not just look good in the first half. And I don't know if it's a common thread. You know, I'm not sure I've seen the Jags look like a tale of two halves. I think I say that a thousand times, so maybe it'll be my catchphrase. But um, I think they have, at least in this game, looked really inconsistent in the sec second half. And that won't work when you play stronger competition. And we know the Saints aren't very strong competition. Yeah, I mean, going kind of off on that, it's like, thank goodness the Jags played the Saints because if you are going to be inconsistent with somebody, the Saints is the perfect team yeah. to be inconsistent with because they are just as inconsistent <laughs> as the Jags are. And yeah, I mean, like what you were saying, they, they scraped by and ended up getting the win on this one. But yeah, to, if you play an actual much better team that that won't fly, but thank goodness they did play the Saints. And sure enough, even though I picked the Saints to win, in my mind, it was like, you shouldn't have picked the Saints to win because even I knew that Derek Carr wasn't going to pull through. He is overthrow city. So. Oh, he is. And he's looked awful. And obviously last year he wasn't good. And I was attributing that to the fact that I don't think the Raiders were very good last year. And obviously they go out and they get 
Devontae Adams and you hope that he gets a little bit better and he just didn't look good. But I don't think Derek Carr was necessarily bad coming into this year, but this year he's just looked terrible. And it's just like, I'm sure some of it's miscommunication. Like there was a a route to, I think it was Kareem Hunt out of the backfield and it was, he threw it five yards behind anybody. There wasn't anybody there. And it looked like uh, Alvin Kamara was running kind of like a streak up the sideline. I guess you'd call it a wheel route. Um, and I think that's just miscommunication. But then, yeah, you think about the deep throw to Chris Olave late in the game, and he overthrows him by 15 yards, and he's riled up. He's pissed off, and he's yelling. He's he's yelling at Chris Olave, what are you doing? And I think, yeah. first of all, that's a bad look. From your starting quarterback to your receivers is a bad look. You want to be supportive and understand. I like I understand there's frustrations in the game, but I think that does not bode well for how the Saints locker room might be doing. <laughs> if if it, if the frustration's boiling over into the game itself, but also even if Chris Olave ran the route that Derek Carr wanted him to do, wanted him to, it was 15 yards out of bounds anyway. Like he wasn't yeah. catching that ball. I was like, it's it's kind of ironic how Derek Carr is yelling, "What are you doing to Chris Olave?" When I've been saying, "What are you doing to Derek Carr?" for the past like four years. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's like I understand. Like again, I, I know there's got to be frustration, and I think. Me personally watching the Saints, this was the first Saints game I got to like sit down and really watch heavily. And I think the offensive play calling is just atrocious. Um, I don't know if they're not, I don't know if they're not scheming deep balls or if they are, but their receivers can't get separation or what the problem is, but they, that offense is so boring. It's so boring. Everything is a five-yard curl to Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara had 12 catches this game. He was the yeah. leading receiver, 12 catches. 12. And that's a joke. Like, I know Alvin Kamara is good, and you want to, like, feed Alvin Kamara, especially out of, like, as a receiving threat, he's really great. He shouldn't yeah. be your he shouldn't be your leading catch. And it's not like they were even, like, deep throws. 12 catches for 91 yards. Half of them were, were five-yard curls, you know, like, out of the right. backfield. So that offense is missing something, and I don't know for sure what it is, but it's missing something. Uh, probably a quarterback. So I, their, their car is perfectly average. I would, it's, it's annoying because yeah, they only throw to Alvin Kamara and, and the receivers can't get a separation, but on these short routes, they're expecting the Hail Mary from Derek Carr. It's like, they're, they're like five yard out routes and yeah, he's, he's throwing bombs over their heads. So yeah. I would be pretty ticked off myself if I were them and, and rightfully so. There's just a lot of miscommunication, and and it's quite frankly pretty frustrating to watch. So. Yeah, I've got a I've got a friend who's a Saints fan. I invited him to to come on the episode, and he declined. So if you're listening, uh, Cole, we'll get you another time. But um, it's it's I know he's frustrated as a Saints fan. I know he's mad because what is there even to be excited about? The defense is good. The Saints defense has looked really pretty good. good. Yeah, and even with allowing 31 points in this game i think they've been really solid and they've done their part to make sure that the saints are in these games but then their offense they just can't count on their offense to do anything uh at all you know like they literally cannot count on the offense the offense is averaging 18 points a game right now and that's even with like a 30 point game against the patriots where they shut them out and scored 30 you know like and still just barely scraping by with 18 points so it's just like I know as a Saints fan and, and even me just watching that game, it's like frustrating to watch because you guys got to do something. Chris Olave, understand he's a second year player, so we'll see. But he was great last year and he should be better this year um, and was not. I mean, he had seven catches. I think he had 17. Oh, no, 
I'm looking at the wrong stat. He had 15 targets and seven catches. So, yeah, you'd like him to see him catch a bit more. But Mm -hmm. even a lot of those catches are just poor throws by Derek Carr. So, yeah, I think you're right in the sense that I think a lot of their problems come back to Derek Carr. And I like to blame play calling when I can because I like Derek Carr. I'm a Derek Carr supporter. Uh, And I think he was good. I think he would have won an MVP back in, like, what was it, 2016, 2017? Yeah, like seven, eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. If he didn't snap his leg, he would have probably won, it, won an MVP. But so I like to blame it on the play calling a bit more because it, it does feel really bad. And I'll right. use their last drive as an example. You finally, finally, finally get a good drive where you're going to end in the end zone and it's going to go your way. And it's coming at the perfect time where you can force overtime or go for mm-hmm. two and win the game. And I don't really know what the, what they would have done, but you get yeah. to the red zone. You've got Alvin Kamara, who's been really hot in the fourth quarter. Um, and he's, catching the ball really well. So you've got Alvin Kamara and you're in the red zone and you're on like the five and you do four straight passes, which is just crazy to me. Like yeah. the passing game hasn't been working this entire day. And obviously the, I think the stats won't reflect that Derek Carr had 300 yards uh, and a touchdown also an interception, which was a pick stitch, which was a really costly mistake. But um, I, the passing game wasn't working clearly. Um, it finally, they got Alvin Kamara more involved in the run and it was working. He had a couple big runs. He was the only really threat in the passing game. I just don't understand why you're throwing the ball four times in the red zone when you have Alvin Kamara. At least run it once. Yeah. You've got four tries. You know you're going for it on fourth down because this is the game. So at least run it once at the very, very least. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just like they've just receivers and Derek haven't been on the same page all night. And maybe they just hope they would finally get on the same page with one drive left. But. It was a good drive. That was a, if if there was ever a. It time was a nice have, drive. It just you know what are what are nice drives if they don't end in anything you know. Right, and and obviously some blame has to go on Foster Moreau, um, which sucks. Yeah. I I feel really bad for Foster Moreau because that's just such a tough break. Um, and you got to catch that ball. Like at the end of the day, I didn't give Foster Moreau LVP because I don't think this loss was on him. I think that is a very costly time to have a drop. And obviously they paid for it with a loss and I feel so bad for him, but you have to catch that ball. Like you're not getting a better look in the NFL than wide open in the back of the end zone and you get two hands on it. It's not even like it was an overthrow. It was right in your hands. So, and that's just like, that's such a bad break. So yeah, I don't blame Foster Moreau. I think Derek Carr and I think the offensive play calling are a little bit more to blame, but you have to catch that ball. Mm -hmm. You do, you do. And it sucks. It had to end that way because you know, I would have at least liked to see an overtime game, which would have been fun. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think we've had an overtime primetime game yet, so maybe we'll get one. I don't think so. But yeah, yeah, it would have been fun to see. I think the Jags realistically would have pulled it out anyways because they're Mm -hmm. coming off a a great – well, I say great touchdown drive. It was two plays. It was a long run from Travis Etienne and then a five-yard slant to Christian Kirk that he took to the end zone. So it wasn't a fantastic drive, but they just come off a touchdown drive. If they get the ball, I imagine that the the Jags probably win the game, but would have been fun to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just the Saints waited too long to try to get into this game. I feel like um, mm-hmm. they didn't get anything really consistent till the second half, and then again, it's just too late at that point. Um, something interesting I saw: Saints had more first downs, they had more drives, more yardage, and a higher time of possession and lost, which is just like how often does that happen? I'm sure it happens more than I think, but yeah. the Saints like in that regard, it looks like they dominated the game and come out with a loss. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, it's just the turnover game, too. I mean, it's kind of hard, yeah, especially if you're driving the mm-hmm. ball all right. And 
and getting good drives going. It's just like it all comes down to not if you throw yeah, a pick six. And that's, a, that's the best drive killer in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating to see. Um, I do want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about Taysom Hill for two seconds just because I think it's funny. Um, I obviously in Utah BYU fans love Taysom Hill, which means they kind of flock to the Saints. Um, I don't understand how in today's day and age, when Taysom Hill takes the field as quarterback, how the defense is not already like, oh, it's a run. When is the last time he lined up under center and actually threw the ball? It's a run every single time. I'm like, uh, that, that's when you do field goal block on when you see Taysom Hill come yeah. in. He, he ain't passing. He ain't passing that ball. He's not passing that ball. You know what? It's like maybe maybe the Saints would be a lot better off even when Taysom Hill comes in if he threw it maybe once every five times he was in. But yeah, if I'm if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm sending the house. Yeah, you see Taysom Hill take the field, and you're and you're given everyone you got because yeah. I think you even you take the risk that he throws the ball. He's not yeah. that accurate anyway, so you're just are, you're just hoping he misses anyways. <laughs> I think you take that risk. I do. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, send it. Send, give give Taysom give Taysom the old the old sack lunch. You know. Yeah, yeah. Under pressure, what are the odds he completes it? Probably not high. I think you take that. <laughs> anyway, defensive coordinators for all of those, because uh, I know every defensive coordinator in the league is tuning into this podcast. Um, so take notes. Every time Taysom Hill comes on the on the field, you should be. Yeah. I'll, it's a I'll run. Give you, I'll give you guys that one for free. You know. Yeah, you don't even have to tip me for that. Um, let's talk Jags for two seconds, and then we can, and then we'll we'll move on. But um, wanted to highlight Travis Etienne. Um, not a ton of yardage this week, but he's coming off two really great games in London and a great game against. Um, Who'd they play last week? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Jags. Who did the Jags play last week? Well, fine. Now I have to look, or it'll make me. I'm mad. spacing it now. I know they that he played had the it. Colts last week. The Colts. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. So coming off a great game against the Colts, a couple great games in London. He's on a really good tear right now. Like I said, not a ton of yardage. Two end zone trips is great. Um, I love to see Travis Etienne doing well. I actually thought the Saints defense would hold him a little bit better. And I was talking to my friend just before the game started, and he was like, we were kind of talking about Travis Etienne, and it felt like we both were on the same page, that we didn't think he was going to have that great a game. Um, obviously, two end zone trips, and it kind of did not go the way they wanted it to. But just wanted to highlight Travis Etienne. Um, great game from him. A couple end zone trips is great to see. Um, but other than that, I think the Jags' offense has been good. Um, I will say my only gripe with the offense is what was the point of getting Calvin Ridley? <laughs> He's a puppet. No, literally, he comes into the feet on the game on the field, and I'm like, yeah, he's probably not. They're not probably not passing it to him. And yeah. he had a great week one, and he's had a couple, I think, solid games since then. But like, what are we doing? Because I think Calvin Ridley's probably better than Christian Kirk. So are you not I'd targeting? Are you not targeting Calvin Ridley because you're trying to make the Christian Kirk contract look better? Because when <laughs> Christian Kirk signed that contract. That was a joke of a contract. He I thought it was a... hilarious because I was like, you all thought Christian Kirk was that good? Like, don't get me wrong. He he looked pretty good. He's a he's a solid number two. I'll give him I'll give him that. Um, but giving him that big of a contract, yeah. I was like, who do you guys think Christian Kirk is? Right. And what and what did they see from Christian Kirk to make him think he was that? And obviously, I think last yeah. year he did he did as well as he could to to justify the contract because he had over a thousand yards for the first time. And he was mm -hmm. like he was a good weapon for the Jags. But then I think you're bringing in Calvin Ridley because you want him to be number one. And then Christian Kirk can slide back into a really consistent number two slot. And you just don't even yeah. target Calvin Ridley. I don't think he had a, 
a target until the second half of the game. Yep. And he ended with four targets and one catch. Uh, and I will be honest, I don't remember how they looked, so I don't know if they were his fault that he didn't catch him. But it's just kind of like, are you? What was the plan? Like, w- were you never planning on using him, or is he not? Like, is he not very good? I don't like. I think he's good, and I think he proved he's good week one. Yeah. So I don't understand why we're not utilizing Calvin Ridley at I all. I mean, I don't think anybody has any reason to think Calvin Ridley's not good anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's always been solid receiver, and yeah, I would. I think that's just the Jags, how I look at the Jags anyways, because when I look at them week to week, it seems like one person does get a bulk of the work other than not spreading it around. And I think if they, yeah, did a little bit better about spreading the love a little bit, they'd probably be a lot more solid on offense too. Yeah, and it might help with the the consistency issues that they're having um, in the second half, or at least had in this game in the second half. So um, we'll see. We'll see if they get Calvin Ridley more in- involved. Um, obviously, Evan Ingram still a solid target for them, five for forty-five. And again, Christian Kirk had a, had a, a solid game, six for ninety and a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of that came after the catch, I think. Um, right. But yeah, so like, it's just I would like to see Calvin Ridley more involved. I like Calvin Ridley a lot. I think he's good, and I think he should be more involved than he is. I agree. Uh, who's your MVP of the game? Yeah, so I ended up giving it to Trevor Lawrence. I stewed on it for a while because I was like, oh, well, Evan, well, sorry, not Evan Ingram. Travis Etienne had two touchdowns. Christian Kirk had the long touchdown. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence made plays when it mattered most. And he also had a couple really long runs. Um, he ended up going, what was it? Eight for 59 um, and on an injured knee as well. So um, I think it was just a really solid game from him. It wasn't flashy. It didn't look awesome. But I think he's the reason they won the game. I think he set them up in positions where they could actually capitalize and then win the game. Yeah. I also picked picked Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you look at the Jags in general on how they've been for the past couple of years. It's just kind of stinky as a football team. And uh, I really do think he's made them better. He still has a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's like Wonder Boy, like everybody thought he would be automatically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he is making solid progress for him, and and I think he does deserve credit. I like that that Evan Ingram matchup that he has, that uh-huh. um, relationship that they have together. So yeah, I that's think that, but the connection yeah, for sure. I think Doug Peterson coming in to help Trevor Lawrence was just such a perfect thing, especially so. with the with the terrible start with uh, oh, what's his face. What's his Urban face? Meyer. Yeah. Urban, my best friend, Urban. Um, yeah. I think it was so great to go and get someone like Doug Peterson, who like, even on the Eagles, the Eagles mm-hmm. players only have positive things to say about Doug Peterson. Um, yeah. I think that's been great. And I think the Jags have their best start since a long time. I'm going to butcher the year, but I think it's something like 2007, something like that. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's in large part, Trevor Lawrence is finally coming into himself um, mm-hmm. which I think he did at the end of last year. And he's kind of just continued that progress. And Doug Peterson, I think was just a great, I think that was such a great choice for the Dol- for the Dolphins, the Jaguars. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Who's your LVP? Yeah, I gave it to the Saints play calling primarily because of the final drive and the final red zone trip. I just think there's no sense to not run at least once in that instance, when yeah. you have the time and the timeouts and Alvin Kamara is getting hot. Um, you know, I considered Foster Moreau, I considered Derek Carr because I think both of them do deserve it in a sense. Um, but I think 
I think a lot of the Saints issues are coming down to their play calling, which I just don't think is good and is not benefiting this offense in the slightest. It's funny you took it that way because I took it the exact opposite way. I was debating on doing the play calling or Derek Carr and Foster Moreau, and I went with the the one-two punch of Derek Carr and Foster Moreau this week. Derek doesn't play awesome, and that one throw that he did have was dropped in the end zone. So I was like, yeah, sorry, guys. I'm going to have to gonna have to give you the big L's this week on on ruining the chances of winning this game so. yeah and it's and it's hard not to go with them I'm trying to I I'm trying to be kind to the Saints in this instance and say no no you have the pieces I promise you just need better play calling because I think they do need better play calling but it's hard not to want to give it to Derek Carr and Foster Moreau in this instance I like that game fun game uh good comeback you know we got to 24 24 at one point Jags ended up pulling away chance for overtime fun game i had a lot of fun watching that game uh um, it, it was really boring up to halftime but uh, a lot of fun at, at the second half so good luck to saints and we will see what happens uh you're still in contention for the division i think the falcons lead the division at four and three right now and the bucks and saints are tied at three and four so you're still in you're still there uh I'm about the division's actually pretty tight race right now so yeah, pretty bad division also. pretty. Actually, I don't know if bad's the right word. I think I would describe all three of those teams as mediocre, perfectly mediocre. Mm-hmm. And then the Panthers are terrible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely still in it. Uh, no no reason to, to shut the door quite yet. You've still got a chance. And then Jags, I believe, are leading their division by quite a bit. So they should uh, likely make a playoff game, and we'll see what Probably. they can do after last yeah. year. So, we'll but see. Anyway. Um, let's move on. We'll jump over to Sunday night football. Um, a great matchup, two five and one teams going at it. Dolphins at Eagles. We saw the high powered Dolphins offense take on the uh, very good Eagles defense and uh-huh. saw that the Dolphins might not be as good as we thought they were. Um, Dolphins lost this game 1731. Um, that drops them to five and two. The Eagles up to six and one. The Dolphins two losses this year have come from the Eagles and the Bills. And the narrative coming into last week was the Dolphins haven't beat a good team. And then the Bills lost to the Patriots. And so I don't think the Bills are very good. So I'm not sure. sure. For sure. For sure. So I don't know if the narrative that they've only lost to good teams is quite correct. And division games are such a toss-up anyways all the time that I don't think the Bills loss is is a bad one per se. I will say I don't think this loss looks particularly great for the Eagles only because they've had such a high powered offense up to this point and were almost unable to do anything. Um, I think Tyreek Hill only had 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, Tua obviously had an ugly interception Raheem Mostert didn't do anything. The run game in general didn't do anything. So it really does make you think about how, um, how good this offense actually is. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the year, the, the numbers of like points per game are going to be skewed purely because of the Broncos game where they dropped 70. So <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't think it's as three, good. three games worth in and of themselves. So. <laughs> no, seriously. I don't think it's reflective of how good the Dolphins offense really is. I think it is good. I will, I'll just preference that. I think the Dolphins do have a good offense. I think uh, I was an avid to a hater coming into last year. And I think he's proved me wrong. He's been really solid. Again, I wouldn't say he's necessarily like, you know, like your Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen in terms of like arm talent, but I think yeah. he does exactly what they need him to do. And the addition of Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle is only going to help. Yeah. Um, so I think the Dolphins offense is good, but it does make you wonder when they come up against these defenses that are not going to get walked over 
how good are they really going to be? No, I totally agree. It's like if you do have the Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, arguably the fastest man in the NFL right now, it's like I I wouldn't even put it past you to just uh, go deep with Tyreek every single play. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Use I mean, the man. Yeah, one of the one of the only good things that the Dolphins did on offense was that deep ball to Tyreek Hill. I think just before halftime, it was a beautiful throw and Tyreek Hill was just able to just run right underneath it, which is nice for, it's, it's nice for Tua. Cause if you can just put the ball in the back of the end zone, uh, Tyreek Hill's probably going to get there. Um, yeah. But like, that was a great play. And so, yeah, it does make you question if you kind of just like, they've looked so creative up to this point. The Dolphins offense has looked so fun and exciting to watch. And mm-hmm. I wonder if a, a large part of that is because the run game has been working so well. So in this game, when the run game doesn't work as well, they're just kind of limited in what they can actually do. Right. I think that was a big key, too, because, yeah, the run game has surprised. I did not think that they were going to look that good on the ground this year, Mm -hmm. but they definitely proved me wrong the first couple of games. And I do think that it was going to be an issue with the Eagles front seven um, or however many they have. Their defensive line is really good, though all that mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> and so I think that was the, definitely the, the kicker on why it was kind of hard for the offense to get going a lot of the game. And obviously the penalties didn't help either. Yeah. The whole thing. I think they had like, geez, I don't even remember, but it was a lot to none. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was 10 penalties for 70 yards for the yeah, Eagles. I was going to say it was like 70 yards in penalties. Yeah, and they the, didn't have any. So. Or sorry, 10 to 70 for the Dolphins. The Eagles had zero. Right. Which is like, that's not going to work. You know, like yeah. you're not, you're not going to win games doing that. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a, you, you know, I've had my stance on, on blaming officials. It was a poor week for refing mm-hmm. um, or officiating, I guess you'd say. Um, and even in this game, there was a couple kind of bad missed calls. There was a face mask on a deep yeah. throw, you know, like there. And I think the, uh, the Eagles get away with holding pretty consistently Um, I'm sure every team in the league gets away with holding pretty consistently. I think it's because I don't like the Eagles that I notice it a little bit more. (laughs) So maybe some missed calls, but I really don't think the the Dolphins did enough to win this game. Even if the calls get made, I don't think they did enough to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's normally the case too, unless it comes down to like a one point game in the last second, which is fishing should be at its best, but yeah. 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 So Dolphins offense only had 11 carries. Um, uh, upon my initial note taking, I was like, oh, they needed to run more. Uh, and then I rewatched the game and I was like, oh no, actually they tried to run and they couldn't get anything going. Um, no. Raheem Mostert ends nine for 45, which is a five yard average, uh, which looks great. But then when you watch the game, you look back and see that, oh, like 30 of those yards came on two, car- on two carries. So I no wonder- he had a couple of good runs in there, but literally a couple of good runs and then everything else looked nasty. So yeah, I think he went into halftime with negative seven yards on the ground, actually, yeah. which should tell I, you he definitely went in with negative yard. Yeah. So it tells you a little bit about how the game went. Um, I know I'm really big on like, Hey, run more, establish the run. I'm actually glad the dolphins went away from it as early as they did. Cause clearly it wasn't working and yeah. they got lucky with a couple big plays in the second half. Um, or sorry, a couple big run plays in the second half, but really I just don't think they were going to, like the defense is the reason the game was even close. Uh, they got the pick six on Jalen hurts, um, made it 17, 17, and then they never did anything again. So, um, 
just like, I'm glad they abandoned the run, but clearly nothing was going to work against this Eagles defense, which kind of leads me to where I want to talk. The Eagles defense is really good. Um, that defensive line, it has crazy rotation. You've got Fletcher Cox, um, Jalen Carter. Is that his name? Did I just mess up his name? Why am I? Yeah, spacing that's right. Okay. Anyway. Um, well, now I can't remember anyone else on the Eagles defensive line. <laughs> Fletcher I promise. Cox. Yeah, I promise. Hart. The other guy, Brandon. Oh, Brandon Graham. There's another one. Um, Jordan <laughs> Davis. So there we go. I got four. Um, just got crazy depth on the defensive line, and they're all still good. Fletcher Cox is like 31, and he's still so good at it. Yeah, at, at what he's doing. So um, I look at this Eagles defense, and the, I think the cornerback play has regressed from last year. I don't think James Bradbury and Darius Slay have been quite as good as they were last year. But I think mm-hmm. at this point, it hasn't mattered because the Eagles defensive line is so dang good that they're getting yeah. in so dang fast. They don't even need to have good quarterbacks because they're not going to get time to get let plays develop anyway. So yeah. just like, that's a scary sight to me to look at the Eagles defense. I'm, I'm scared of the Eagles defense. Oh yeah. They've, I, I knew that the Eagles was going to be looking pretty good this year, especially on defense. Um, it's always hard to tell once a team does so good one year, how they're going to look the next, like, you know, with, with trades yeah. and, um, yeah, just people retiring and things like that, but they are still solid as ever on on the defensive line, and and it's it's a nightmare for for offensive lines to go up against them. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, the I will I will say I think that I think that I knew the Eagles were going to be good coming into this year. I don't think they've looked. I know they're six and one, but I don't think they've looked as good as they it did last year. Pretty inconsistent so yeah. far on offense to me, like. Yeah, just just like little sluggish, I guess is is a word where it's like almost in a sense the Bills effect where it's like they're doing enough to get by, except yeah. they're actually getting by like on teams. You know, they're just a, yeah. a better Bills team to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I just like I'm not saying that the Eagles by any means are gonna like suck. You know, like because I don't think they will, and I don't. I even mm-hmm. think they'll make a deep playoff push. And I hate to say that because I hate the Eagles and I don't want to give them any credit ever, but I have to say it. Um, But even just like, I think Jalen Hurts has taken, he looked a lot better last year than he did this year. Um, He's at this point, he's got eight interceptions, which I think is leading the league in interceptions Um, and costly turnovers too. You know, like you give a, you give a pick six to the, to the dolphins coming out of halftime and that has potential to be really dangerous, especially with what could be a really explosive dolphins offense. So, Jalen Hurts to me has not looked as great. And I think this was the first game where I watched the Eagles and was like, oh, they kind of look more like they did last year where yeah. they're just the offense is explosive and the defense is really good. This was the first game that made me really feel like that. But even then it's coming off not a fantastic performance from Jalen Hurts too, you know, like, and we'll, we'll look at his end of year numbers and people will, are going to, I'm, I'm sure people will bring up his rushing numbers, especially rushing touchdowns. And then you have mm-hmm. to think about, why he gets so many rushing touchdowns, which is the offense consistently gets to the one yard line and then they just yeah. push him into the end zone. So um, I'm not an avid Jalen Hurts supporter. I'm sorry, Mr. OU over there. I'm not. I think he benefits a lot from the team he plays with. Um, I don't even last year. I don't think he was so great. You know, he had a lot of rushing yards but he wasn't very great in the passing game. And this year he doesn't have a ton of rushing yards and he's not been very great in the passing game. So 
we'll see. I'm not saying that this means Jalen Hurts is bad. I'm saying I think Jalen Hurts is not as good as a lot of people were giving him credit for. Ouch. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely understand. This year he definitely doesn't look as good as he did last year. Um, man, the man's worth ethic, work ethic, though, is out of this world, though. Yeah. He's, just, he's a good leader. He, he is. really is. He is. And, and, and that locker room has rallied behind him like none else. And I think after the kind of debacle that was Carson Wentz and the Nick Foles situation where leadership <laughs> roles were kind of switching a lot because we weren't really sure what was happening, I think it's got to be great to have somebody like Jalen Hurts come in who just, like, at the end of the day, wants to win football games, and that's what he does, you know? Yeah. Don't you dare knock Nick Foles. That man is a god. To the to the Eagles fan base, he is a god. <laughs> to the to the Eagles. <laughs> to me, to me, he's. I I remember when I remember when uh, after it wasn't the year after he went. No, it was the year after they went and won the Super Bowl. And uh-huh. Nick Foles is playing the Saints in the last in the in the playoffs. And Nelson Aguilar has a terrible drop that ends in an interception, and the Eagles lose. Um, first of all, that saved Carson Wentz's job because Carson Wentz came back the next year. But then Nick Foles goes to the Jags on an enormous contract, and I was like, "That what a terrible contract! What a terrible like, decision! That, that is was. a terrible move." And and I had a lot of people who were like, "Dude, no, Nick Foles is good because look at what he just did on the Eagles. He just won the Super Bowl." And I was like, "Dude, no! If Nick Foles was good, he would have been starting, and they wouldn't have drafted Carson Wentz." Nick Foles Nick, is not good. That that was a fluke game, and he looked fantastic in that game. I will give him that. He looked fantastic in that game. It was a fluke game, though. I think <laughs> I think that year, and I, I have to say this to make me feel better because the Vikings played the Eagles in the NFC Championship and got mm-hmm. railed. <laughs> but I truly think that no team was beating the Eagles that year. They just had this, like, crazy underdog mentality and i really think they were ready to run through just about anybody in the league yeah and and they did you know like i truly think like obviously props to nick Foles. he he technically outplayed tom brady in the super bowl um, okay. i mean look at who he was going against and yeah. won yeah like props to him i'm not trying to bash that at all but i don't think it's indicative of the type of quarterback he was and i think we saw that when he went to the jags and then to the colts inevitably and it's just you know like and now is he even on a team right now i'm not sure he is so is nick falls on a team that's a great question he might have he might have i don't even know if he i don't even know if he retired but i'm not sure he's on a team right now yeah that's a great question i'll have to look into that more but yeah anyway um so yeah I, I like the game from the from the Eagles. I think they had a good bounce back. I think as a Dolphins fan, I'm not sure you should necessarily be scared. But the way the Bills are playing right now, um, the Jets are not a threat, and the Patriots stink. Like you should probably win the division, um, especially if you can just if you can continue to beat up on these not superior. What's the word? It's the opposite of superior. Inferior. Inferior teams. Then you should have no problem. Um, I might be a little bit worried when time, like when playoff time rolls around and you're playing teams that are good. Actually, it's like hard to say because we haven't seen the Dolphins be excellent against above average teams yet. It's like, I feel like they're almost there. Like, I feel like they really do have pretty good keys on that team to make it good. They just need to get them to be consistent now and, and do something. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Yeah, it was a completely different offense from the Dolphins on Sunday than we saw in previous weeks. Even against the Bills, I think their their offense looked a little bit better than it did this week. They just like they didn't have these explosive plays and they didn't have besides that deep ball to Tyreek, they just didn't have that that's what this offense has been. It's been taking the top off defenses. You know, they they uh-huh. they can hammer the run game, which 
which makes the the linebackers have to come down and then they can throw it deep into single coverage, you know, like, and it's been working really well. So when, when the Eagles are able to limit the run game, they don't have the ability to take the top off defenses anymore. And Jalen Waddle was out for, I think two or three quarters before he finally came back in. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the dolphins. I still feel like they'll win the division, but I, I will say like, it's hard to say how they, how they compare to these really good teams because they've played two solid teams and they haven't looked great against these solid teams. Yeah. No, for sure. We shall see. I want to mention one more thing about Nick Sirianni. Um, I hate Nick Sirianni. And I just oh. want to say, I just want to say, I think there is no coach in the NFL with a more punchable face than Nick Sirianni. And every time they show his, <laughs> he's ugly. Every time they show his stupid face, it makes me so irrationally angry. And I got to figure out why it makes me so angry, but it makes me so angry. So, but obviously he's doing something right. Ooh, Cause the Eagles have, we been should, great. yeah, we should write him hate mail on this show. <laughs> Live, yeah, I just did a live bashing of Nick Sirianni through through our words on paper. Yeah. Nick, great job! Obviously, you've done good things with the Eagles. I think he's obviously done really, really good things for the Eagles. Um, so he's obviously a great coach. I just think he's got the most annoying face. Oh my gosh! Every time he sh- they show his face, I get so angry. All right, punchable face, good football brains, mm-hmm. and that's the best of both worlds. Biopic of Nick Sirianni. <laughs> Okay, let's go to um, MVP and LVP. Um, I gave the MVP to Jalen Hurts this week. A uh, couple passing touchdowns um, and then also a rushing touchdown. Again, it was a tush push, so uh, it's not that great, but he was the reason they scored. He obviously had a, a costly mistake in the pick six. The good news is the Eagles defense is so good that it didn't end up mattering very much in the end. Um, mm-hmm. That was the last points they scored. So I just think he was solid. He was their most consistent player. I, I wrestled with A.J. Brown for a second. But I just really think that that Jalen Hurts was the difference maker in the game. I think he was the reason they won. Yeah. I also like Jalen in this game. I did go with A.J. Brown only on the the fact that Jalen was the cause of two two turnovers mm-hmm. in the game, one being a pick six. Yeah. Um, so I, I gave it to A.J. Brown. I'm not knocking Jalen's game at all because – well, other than the turnovers, <laughs> because he did have some really good looking deep throws. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those being to AJ Brown, it yeah. was a fantastic catch, a fantastic throw, I thought. But but I I definitely went with AJ Brown with his touchdown and and he had ten receive or ten receptions for 137 yards. So good game yeah. for him. Great game from from AJ Brown. He's at five straight games of 125 plus receiving yards, which I think ties two Crazy. players. One of them being Megatron, but I'm not. I can't. I'm spacing the other person right yeah. now. So crazy tear for him right now. Obviously, it's such a great game. Um, so yeah, I really wrestled with AJ Brown for a little bit. I think on my last rewatching, I was like, yeah, AJ Brown was good, but I think Jalen Hurts kind of made the plays when he needed to. And yeah, two bad turnovers. Um, obviously, one a pick six, but at the end of the day, the, the Eagles defense is so good. It doesn't matter anyway. All right. Who's your LVP? Yeah, I just said Dolphins mistakes. Um, there wasn't anybody necessarily on the Dolphins side that I felt like played poorly, uh, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of mistakes. Too many turnovers, uh, or too many, one. One bad interception. Um, you have a lot of penalties. You've got really bad drops, not just from like like your like bum receivers, but Tyree Kill dropped a, a touchdown pass in the like in the end zone. 
bounced it off his knee. I think he was running and then it, it hit his knee and bounced out of his hand. So just like bad mistakes, um, obviously all mistakes are bad mistakes, but these I think were really costly, especially the penalties. I think that is, was a big difference in this game. Yeah, I did say penalties in general because it was so hard coming up with somebody in general that was the downfall of this game right. because in all reality, they didn't play bad. Right. Like the Dolphins right. are a pretty good team. It's just, yeah, these stupid, I should say, not being disciplined enough. I yeah. should say dis- discipline is the LVP. There we go. <laughs> Sounds so stupid. Discipline was the LVP of this game slate. So, or the lack of discipline. The lack of dis the lack thereof. It's just like they didn't have the heart. They didn't have the heart <laughs> get of penalties. So but it really yeah. does come to that. It's just like don't make stupid mistakes and you'll end up winning football games. Like it does. You guys no. You don't need me to tell you that. Right. No, for sure. And that's the thing too, is it's like and that's why I don't know how to feel about the Dolphins, because I don't think they looked bad per se in this game you know like like you can look at a lot of games and say oh this team that's really good looked bad you know like I think honestly I think the 49ers in this next game we're going to talk about is an example a great team I don't think they looked very good in this game you know but I don't think the Dolphins looked bad and I think they made plays you know up until the second half but they just too many mistakes too many too much lack of discipline as you would say yeah, well, that's a good segue. Let's let's go ahead and talk about the Wonder Boys here for yeah. you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor for the next 15 minutes and yeah. uh, let you let you run. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm in a it's been a great week. I'm in a great mood this week. Um, I went to bed Monday night cheesing because I was just in such a great mood. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday was a great day. I was cheesing all day Tuesday. I'm just seeking out whatever I can that's going to compliment the Vikings. So obviously 49ers at Vikings. Um, the Vikings outlasted the 49ers uh, 22-17. The 49ers dropped to 5-2. and two. They're on a two-game losing streak. Um, Vikings raised to 3-4. and four. So obviously I will say I'm cheesing. I'm happy. We're still under 500. Uh, but... <laughs> But if nothing good happens the rest of the year, at least I have this game. Um, and I want to I want to open up by talking about Kirk Cousins. Uh, this was just a masterclass from Kirk Cousins. Literally, um, I've been watching the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, obviously, since he came to Minnesota. So it's been six years now. Um, and there has I can't pick another game that Kirk Cousins has looked as good as he has in this game. Um, he picked apart the 49ers defense and he had a really bad turnover to start the game. Well, not really bad. He had a bad turnover to start the game. Um, the ball gets rough. Charvarius Ward wrestles the ball from Jordan Addison on it. It was, it was a 50, 50, you know, like Jordan Addison needed to make a play and didn't. Um, but he bounced back in just such a, a fantastic way. Um, he dominated the game. He really did. And it wasn't just the way he was able to like get completions. Cause yeah, he had a lot of completions, but he just had really good pocket movement in this game, which he isn't always known for. And I've, I've seen a lot of poor pocket movement from Kirk, but a lot of good right. pocket movement and a lot of ability to just get rid of the ball quickly. He's got, I'm, I'm thinking of a very particular play where he's got a, it's a, a rollout to the left side, to the right side. He's got a defender right in his face. He quick looks left and looks to the middle and, and gets it out just before he gets sacked. And it's just, plays I haven't seen Kirk make consistently as his time as a Viking. And I just, I can't go without saying that Kirk cousins, it was just such a masterclass performance from Kirk. He just looked lethal in this game. And obviously, you know, he doesn't, he's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to 
kill you with a, a cannon of an arm, but he does have a good arm and he made really good plays and he just played really well. Um, yeah, he, he looks good. Just talk about that play even that you brought up. There were lots of times I feel like where he evaded a sack. Yeah. And I'm like, who am I watching? Like, I almost yeah. forgot who was even the quarterback of your team because <laughs> I yeah. was like, that's not something I've seen from Kirk very often, but he, he evaded a lot of, a lot of different pressures and, yeah. and yeah, got, got out of a lot of bad situations himself. So he did. And it's just something I'm not used to seeing. I'm just used to seeing Kirk, not necessarily fold under the pressure, but like he does take sacks, you know, like, and, and mm-hmm. he does have these poor mistakes and he does like it under pressure is not always the best. And so it was just such a different quarterback that I felt like I was watching that I was like, this is the quarterback I have not seen what with the Vikings. Like this isn't, you've not been this quarterback with your tenure. And I think a large part of the, the, how great this game was is because the Vikings O-line is playing exceptionally well right now. Yeah. It lights um, out. Yeah. I've been a, I, like I said, been a Vikings fan for a long time. I've suffered through some really bad offensive lines, some really, really terrible offensive lines. And even last year we did not have a great offensive line this year. We're just, it's just, again, completely different. We just are playing so well. And it's not even that like our line isn't getting beat because we still have plays where we're getting beat, but it's that they're doing just enough to outlast and let Kirk get something going. Um, zero sacks allowed against the 49ers defensive line, which in all actuality has not been great this year. So I, I'm very excited about it, but I'm also willing to accept that the 49ers offensive line has not been as great as they have, or defensive line has not been as great as they have in uh, previous years. But even then Nick Bosa, no sacks, uh, zero sacks on the day is just like such a great thing. It's something to be very excited about. Um, so yeah, I think Kirk has been great this year in general. I think he's been really great. Um, I think the offensive line is a large part to to play in why they've been so great. Yeah, I mean they they really were looking really good. I mean they put together a pretty nice run game that game and really yeah. controlled the clock a lot of the game. And it was just like wow, because when I think of the think of the Vikings, I'm like kind of iffy on the run game with them because it's yeah. like because it's been bad. It's been bad. Yeah, they haven't looked good. But this game, I was like, wow, they actually put together a pretty good, pretty good plan and a pretty good scheme against them. And and I I think the 49ers D line isn't anything to to. I should say brush off like they're yeah. pretty good, like the 49ers defense is good. Yeah, <laughs> like they're really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was I think a big accomplishment for the O line to put together such a good scheme in a good game like so that the run game could form a little bit and yeah yeah, holding it to zero sacks that's really impressive yeah and not even just the the offense was great but i the defense was also just a lot better than i expected we limited christian mccaffrey really well i say we as if i play for the vikings no Uh, it was was me it was me it was your it was the heart it was your determination yeah it was me yelling from the sideline and by the sideline i mean my phone that that really got them to do it but um the Vikings defense was really great as well because a common theme for the Vikings this year has been playing from behind. Um, we start off our first drive with a, uh, with a bad turnover and we, and we end up playing the game from behind. And obviously we've been able to come back a couple of times. Uh, the Patriots, the, the Panthers game, we came back and we started from behind. Um, but our defense really stepped up in a really big way. This game, um, we obviously start the game with an interception and then the next drive, the 49ers have scored. Oh man, I can't remember the number, but they have outscored their opponents in the first quarter by an absurd amount. 
and they yeah. have not been scored on first in the offense in the first quarter yet this year. Um, and the Vikings have had not scored a first quarter touchdown coming into this game. Uh, but they start with the interception, obviously. Um, they get a fumble on Christian McCaffrey, which again, Chris McCaffrey doesn't fumble that much. I think he has a couple this year, but normally doesn't fumble very much. And then we march down the field and put up a touchdown. Our first first quarter touchdown and the first time the, the 49ers have not scored first in the first, first quarter. So just like all around, I think we played really good when we needed to. Um, but I will say there are some things that I think are a little bit troublesome and a little bit worrying and things that need to be cleaned up. Um, obviously, first quarter turnovers and turnovers in general, the Vikings are I've never seen a team that turns over the ball as much as the Vikings have this year. It's, it's shocking. And it's so maddening. It's, it makes it's so, it makes me so mad because just hold the ball. <laughs> what are you doing? The fury and Slade's eyes. No, literally. So anyway, turnovers obviously have to be cleaned up, but then also capitalizing on short yardage situations, especially in the red zone. Um, we right. had two drives in the red zone. Uh, one ended on the two yard line, one on the three yard line and both ended in a field goal. Um, right. it's just like this game should not have been as close as it was. We could have won the game by 14 points or more, you know, like, and it really came down to the fact that we're missing on these opportunities. So in the first quarter, we ended a, a drive on the two or three yard line with a field goal. And I was fine with that decision. Um, in the second half, we did it again. Um, we drive down the field. Uh, the, the 49ers had just scored a touchdown to make it 14, 19. We drive down the field and we, we again, get to the three yard line, two or three yard line and end in a field goal. And I just don't really like that decision to not go for it only right. because this is a 49ers offense that we've seen can be very high powered given the opportunity to be very high powered and can score in two plays. I mean, I think one of their drives was a, was like three plays and then a, Oh, it was like one deep ball to George Kittle and then a, yeah. a screen to Christian McCaffrey that ends at a touchdown. You know, like yeah. they can score like that if you let them. So at that point in the game, a touchdown would have been really good. And our defense has been doing enough to get stops that I feel like you just go for it and then trust your defense to get the stop that you need to if you don't get it. So yeah, right. I they they we need to find ways to end drives in the end zone as a part to as a part of instead of field goals um, mm -hmm. because this game should not have been as close as it was um, fun little tidbit. The Vikings haven't won a game by 17 points in three years. So wow. all of our games are nail biters and it's just, I'm like tired of that. I'm tired of nail biter games. It's going to have a back slate. I am. It's not, it's not very fun. You should probably schedule an appointment with the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I should. <laughs> Um, okay. Last thing I'll say about the, the Vikings, and then we can transition to the 49ers real quick, but I just wanted to highlight Jordan Addison again, rough start to the game. You get a ball wrestled away from you and it ends in an interception. That's again, can be really demoralizing. That can, that can yeah. kind of ruin your, your day. Um, but just a great way for him to bounce back. And then later in the game, just before halftime, I was sitting watching the game and we're up, I think 10, three at this point. And I was like, we need points to end this, to end halftime. We need points. And mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins throws up a ball that really should have been intercepted. Um, oh, yeah. And Jordan Addison wrestles the ball away from him and scores a touchdown. So just a great game from him. Um, with Justin Jefferson out, we've been needing these people to step up. We needed our weapons to step up. And not only did Jordan Addison step up, uh, but TJ Hawkinson did as well, 11 catches for 86 yards. So it was just really nice to have these consistent weapons we could count on. And even when, because Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson went down at one point, even when that happened, we got big step up from KJ Osborne. Brandon Powell had a good uh, good step up as well. So just a lot of people rose to the occasion. 
And I think yeah. that's why our offense was as successful as it was. I missed that last touchdown right before half. I went to the bathroom because I'm like, there's no way they're going to get a touchdown. So I'm like, I'm just going to go pee now. And then you texted me and you were like, we really needed that or something. And I'm like, did Greg kick a field goal or something? Yeah, that's great. And then I'm like, oh, they scored. Yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, dang it. I went away for one second. But yeah. no, I was yeah. really impressed with what he was able to do. And props, really props to Addison for, for bouncing back from that fumble too. Yeah, I think it bodes well for him in the future. If there's one thing the Vikings have done really well forever is draft uh, receivers. Obviously, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, um, mm-hmm. Percy Harvin, Justin Jefferson. We, we have a really good track record. Um, I even think once Justin Jefferson's back, we need to be getting Jordan Addison seven or eight targets a game, um, yeah. which, will, which will take away from Justin Jefferson's production. But I think it's necessary because I think he's that guy. I think he's really good. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. Let's talk about. 49ers, what do you got to say on them? Yeah, um, I mean, I mentioned this earlier. I don't think they played a great game. Um, They had a couple good drives, obviously. um, But just all around, I think it was not what they wanted it to be. And I think they're not used to playing from behind. Um, I Uh don't think this 49ers team, especially Brock Purdy, is used to playing from behind. And I think it showed in this game. Um, I've mentioned previously that I think and, you know, we've mentioned that Brock Purdy, we, we tend to lean on the side of him being a system quarterback. Um, and I think in this game in particular, I think Brock Purdy can play out of structure. I'll just preface that. I think we've seen him play out of structure before. I think in this game, the Vikings caused him to play more out of structure than he was used to. And I think that's why the mistakes came in. Um, obviously, two costly interceptions. They had ended up ending the game for him. Uh, when interception, we missed a field goal, then another game-ending interception. Um, and they were just, like, not very good plays. You know, like, the the first one um, was just an overthrow uh, and just totally missed his receiver. And the second one, he's kind of rolling up, moving up into the pocket. He has room to run is the thing, too. So I'm not sure why he doesn't take off, but kind of no. moves up in the pocket and throws across his body and just into to double coverage and ends the game with an interception. And I think this is kind of what you can see if you force the 49ers to not only play out of structure, but play from behind. And right. I like last week, Brock Purdy also played from behind um, against the Browns, drove down the field, and then their kicker missed a kick, which those uh, kicker woes moved into this game as well. But again, it's just like we've never seen Brock Purdy have to play so out of structure and you know like in this game they need a touchdown you know it's a lot it's a lot bigger of a task to need a touchdown um, yeah. and i think we saw the mistakes that come out of that when you force them to, to play really out of structure like they did yeah and I, I feel for brock because you do think about his journey of getting here to be their starting quarterback it's like you were the third string or like <laughs> mr irrelevant last pick of the draft it's like and now when when these woes come, yeah, they are so used to being on top of their division and, heck, the NFC in general at yeah. this point. And it's like, yeah, when, we haven't really seen what Brock can do under right. under the, these really big pressures yet. So I think it was kind of hard for, for like 49ers fans in general to think like, all right, Brock, let's make something happen, Wonderkins. Like, it, like yeah, he, has, he hasn't really been – handed that opposition just yet. This was probably good for his development, I would say yeah. so. Um lots of things to go over and and probably be nice to practice a little harder in those like two minute drill situations when yeah. you are down to give give him a little more experience and things. But overall, I mean yeah, Barack didn't play the best game. He still looks like pretty good. Like he had a lot yeah. of good throws in yeah. there. 
um, just, yeah, comes down to just a couple of costly turnovers and, and bad throws here and there, and the, the Vikings were able to capitalize on it, which ended up winning them the game. But Yeah, I think the, fir- the first half from Brock Purdy was really strong, and honestly, into the second half was really strong. He didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of incompletions, not a ton of yards, but he was – he was being very consistent and yeah, it just comes down to those mistakes. Like you mentioned, and I feel bad for Brock Purdy because I think it's going to cause people to say untrue things about him. Like, Oh, he's not good. And I, again, I will, I will preface. I still think he's a system quarterback and I don't think that's a bad thing, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah. like There's nothing wrong with being a little system quarterback. Right. And I think it's like, it comes down to the fact that like, he's not this next level quarterback, but I still think he's good. And I think he's going to get unnecessary and uncalled for response to this game that says, Oh, is Brock Purdy really the answer? You know, like, Oh, is he really any good? And so, and we'll see, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. It it could come to a point where maybe he's not, you know, like maybe he's not that good. And we, and we figure it out when the 49ers have to play from behind a lot, or, you know, like maybe there's a lot of things that could come into play, but for now, I think he played a good game. I think it just comes down to these, you know, like you said, costly mistakes that ended up costing him the game. Right. Um, last thing I'll mention about the 49ers. Well, two things. First of all, I just want to talk about the 49ers next week. Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. Sounds like Sam Darnold's going to get the start, um, coming up against the Bengals wow. next. Yeah. Coming up against the Bengals next week. So, um, I don't think Sam Darnold should miss a beat. I think this, uh, 49ers offense is very good for just kind of slotting a quarterback in and letting him play how they can play. Um, <laughs> uh, but we'll see, you know, it could be a very interesting game to see if the 49ers are able to, to keep up what they were doing or if they, they, go oh and three over this stretch would be very interesting to see um but one other thing and then we can we'll go to mvp and lvp um the 49ers uh, late in the fourth quarter were driving down the field and ended up having to kiss uh, kiss (laughs) they didn't kiss it make out with that field goal (laughs) they did end up kicking a field goal and sorry i i apologize it was early in the fourth quarter that this happened um they drive down the field. They're down 14-22, uh, and they kick a field goal to make it 17-22, which ended up being the final score. Um, that decision to kick a field goal is so odd to me, and I I feel like it might kind of reflect that Kyle Shanahan was not necessarily team Brock Purdy this game, and not that he thought Brock Purdy was bad, but just that Brock Purdy hadn't been doing super fantastic, and right. he's trying to just give enough points to let the, to let the game even like win the game, the next drive, you know? So right. I think that decision is very odd, especially cause your kicker misses a kick earlier in the game. And then you're asking him to kick a 55 yarder and he does make it, which is great. Uh, but just an odd decision that ended up being the final score and ended up with two interceptions from Brock Purdy. But um, anyway, I just wanted to mention, I, I feel like that decision was odd. I don't know if it means Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Brock Purdy. In fact, I don't think it means that, but I do think in this instance, at least, I don't think he trusted Brock Purdy in this very instance. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I see it from both ways. It's like, if you are going to get points, then get some out of it. And hopefully you can maybe give it a second chance and hope for a deep ball down the field or something like that. Yeah. Kind of not necessarily a miracle, but you know, some good fortune come your way. But yeah, no, I definitely see where you're coming from. Of like, that was kind of a weird decision. Like you might as well have just gone for it at, right. at this the game. But, but yeah. Obviously, it didn't end up mattering. That ended up being the final score anyway. It's a, a big what if. If they had gone for it, who knows what would have happened. Um, but yeah, I think all, overall, my my final takeaways, uh, just a great game from the Vikings. I think on both sides of the ball played really well. It was well. a fun game. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, me too. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, definitely some things for the Vikings to clean up. Got to fix turnovers. Got to figure out how to close out drives in the end zone. Um, just a bad game from the 49ers. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was awful. I just think it was kind of mediocre. Um, yeah. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll still win the division. I think they'll still be okay, but definitely just an off game from this week. So, um, but yeah. we can jump into to MVP, LVP. Um, I wrestled a lot with my MVP because I wanted to give it to Jordan Addison because he did have such a great game and I want it. It's like, oh, he's a rookie, you know, like so great to see. Um, I've never seen a game like this from Kirk Cousins and I can't let it go unrecognized. So he was my MVP from the game. Just really great at shaking off a really bad early turnover um, that could have been a game killer. Um, and then just coming out and going 35 of 45 for 378 and two touchdowns. Just, uh, just a great game from Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah, no, kind of, I mean, it's, let's give Jordan Addison his props. I think it's hard not to give it to Kirk Cousins in this instance because of how well he played. Like he handled so many different like faucets of the game. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely not taking anything from Jordan Addison, but I, you also, I definitely feel like Kirk Cousins deserves the MVP of this game for what he was able to do. And even from like so much adversity that he's faced just this season in general, I'm like, yeah. Give him his props when he plays well. And he did yeah. play really well. And he did. And it was a Monday night game, which he is uh, historically not at his best. Three and 11 now. <laughs> yeah. Historically not his best at Monday night games. So, yeah, it's just hard for me to walk away from that game and not give it to him because he just looked like a completely different quarterback. So, mm -hmm. but, yeah, great game from Jordan Addison. Really happy with where he's at. And I think it bodes mm -hmm. really well for him in the future. And maybe he'll make it this mm -hmm. list another time. Who knows, you know? Yeah. Who's our LVP? Yeah, it's Brock Purdy um, for me. And go, coming into the you know the fourth quarter, like you said, he wasn't bad. And he really wasn't bad is the thing. And I mm -hmm. think even in this game as a whole, he wasn't bad. But it just comes down to these final mistakes that really do end the game. Back-to-back um, -back drives with interceptions. He had three interceptions coming into this game and threw two in this game. Um, or no, sorry. No, I think that stat's different. I think I'm thinking of a stat that they had three total turnovers coming into this game, and then they right. left with three turnovers. But either way, Brock Purdy, um, you know, really small amount of turnovers coming to this game. He had one interception coming in, leaves with three. Um, it's just, like, I, I hate to give it to him because, again, I don't think he played bad, but there's really no one else it could go to because he ended the game. He's the reason they lost. So, yeah. uh, sorry, Brocky, uh, but I have to give it to you in this instance. Yeah, I also went Brock. Um, just the costly turnovers in the game. Yeah, didn't have a chance because they were on their way to making a pretty good drive down, but then it's just the turnover that ended the game. It was kind of a anticlimactic way to finish. Yeah. I mean, great for you. Yeah, but it was awesome. For a game in general, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Just kind of happened, and then sure enough, got some things to work on, and yep. – and I'm sure he'll get better as time goes yeah. on, but he's gotta he's gotta have these these I guess strength building moments, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, he, he. I don't think I don't think this is a sign of bad things to come. I think it will be a learning moment where they can focus a little bit more on what it's like to play from behind and recreate mm -hmm. these situations. And obviously, nothing will recreate an actual game day, but like in his defense, he's ne he really has never been in these instances before. Like this is one yeah. of two times he's actually had to do it. So of course there's going to be mistakes. Of course it's going to happen, but yeah. he'll be fine. The 49ers will be fine. Um, we'll see about the Vikings. Um, obviously the lions coming off a loss. They're five and two now um, Packers stink, bears stink um, lions. 
I mean, and Vikings are really all we've got for the NFC North. So they could make a push. Um, they'd need the Lions to be pretty bad for that to mm-hmm. happen. But you never know. So, yeah. Um, what games do we got coming up this week? Yeah, let's take a look here. Um, not, not great games. <laughs> I will be honest. Uh, but first, we got Bucks Bills Thursday night football. Bucks traveling to Buffalo. Um, the Bills have been not good. Um, obviously, coming off a loss to the Patriots. Um, have not looked very good. Um, that being said, I think the Bucks have only looked as good as they have when they've been beaten up on inferior teams and the Bills are not inferior to the Bucks. So I think the Bills will win this game. Um, I think it'll be closer than I'm thinking. I will go 24-14. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the Bills-Bucks game, actually. I mean, call it what you will, Oklahoma fan and Baker Mayfield, <laughs> but I'm excited to see. They, I still think they've, well, like you said, the first couple games are really fun to watch mm-hmm. in general. It's always hard to tell where the Bucks offense is. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I would want to pick Baker and, and the Bucks, I will have to give this one to the Bills, unfortunately. I'm going to go 28-20 uh, for, for the Bills yep. this, this time. We'll see. We'll see what kind of offense we get out of the, the Bucks. Um, I think the Bills will have a good bounce back week coming off a loss. They kind of need to get a win here to kind of get their feet back under them. So I'd be surprised yep. if they lost this game. Yeah. Let's talk about this riveting Sunday night game. <laughs> yeah. Um, this has potential to be one of our worst primetime games we've ever watched. I'm like, you guys know who it is that, that you guys picked for Sunday night? Sunday night? Like the yeah. game that you want Erica to watch? And, and, and you've got and you've got Carrie Underwood making music for this game. And this is the game you give us. Uh, it's Bears at Chargers. <laughs> um, I think that Tyson Bagant is still going to be starting at this point. So we got a rookie quarterback coming against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at home. Both are bad teams. Um, I think the Chargers are better than their record says, but not by much. Um, I don't. Obviously, the Bears just beat up on a bad Raiders team, but I don't think this game will be the same. I think the Chargers should really easily win this game. And in fact, I'm not going to be generous. I'm going to be kind of mean, and I'm going to say it's going to be 24-7 as the final score. Dang. You are good. You are letting the Bears have it. I want to let the Bears have it too, but I feel like the Chargers defense is too bad. It's bad. Honestly. I I. Man, I never know what you're going to get out of this one, but <laughs> I'm I'm going to go 21-14 for the Chargers. Yeah, I I don't really see a world where the Chargers lose this game, to be completely honest, unless Tyson Bagnett turns out to be Patrick Mahomes and we just didn't know. Um, the Chargers' offense should feast on the Bears' defense because the Bears don't have a great defense. It's like I want to say that too, and I do believe that. At the same time, I'm like, to me – the Chargers aren't that great either. Like I could totally see the Bears squeaking yeah. one in this, but at the same time, you can also go the opposite way and be like the Chargers just might win by like thirty at the yeah. same. No, time. it's so. it's honestly it's such a toss up. Like, well, to me, it doesn't feel like a toss up, but I can understand the idea of why it's a toss up because who knows what teams we're gonna get out of this. So we're really not getting too exciting of games this uh-uh. weekend. Notice. I mean, the Brown Seahawks game kind of looks fun. I, I would honestly argue that I would much rather watch the Jets Giants game Sunday night than the Bears Chargers. I'll give you. I'll give you three games I'd rather watch than Bears Chargers. Ready? <laughs> I would rather watch Jets Giants 
And I'm not even going to put the Vikings game because and I, I, that would be biased to me. I'm not even going to. That's a game that I, well, I'll put that one in there for you. I was like, that one very well could have been a Sunday night game. Yeah. Jets, Giants, I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch Browns, Seahawks, um, Bengals, 49ers, Chiefs, Broncos, yeah. honestly. And we've already watched them on primetime. I'd rather watch them again than Bears, Chargers. Yeah. 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 Literally any other game, now that I'm looking at it. That, that I would probably so. except except Eagles commanders. I don't think that's who made the I, schedule. I, I could very well, as I said, this is maybe a little biased that I live in Arizona now. I would probably much rather watch the Ravens Cardinals game than uh, <laughs> than the Bears Chargers. If I'm being honest, I just okay. And this is a tangent, and then we'll talk about Monday Night Football real quick. But who made the schedule? Because the Eagles are playing the Commanders again, and they just played like three weeks ago. And the Chiefs are playing the Broncos, and they just played two weeks ago. Say so, the Chiefs and Broncos. Like deja vu. I'm like, I just watched that like yeah, a week ago. I don't. What is happening? Who made the schedule? I yeah, think the Vikings that's, at the. That's I think, silly. I think the Vikings at the end of the year played the Lions and then a different team and then the Lions again. So I don't know yeah. who made the schedule, but stop doing that. That's annoying. Like, uh, quit that, please. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on to to Monday Night Football. Raiders at Lions. Um, the Raiders are bad. The Raiders are really bad, and obviously the Raiders are not. They are not good. And the, the Lions are coming off a really bad showing against the Ravens. But I think that's more indicative of how the Ravens are better than I thought they were than yeah. how the Lions Great. are. Um, so, I again, I don't think this one's going to be close, and I'm going to be even less generous. I'm going to say it's Lions, and the final score is going to be 35-7. I will give them a touchdown. Wow. Yeah. I still had it not good. Ours are fairly similar again. I was going 34-14 in this one. It's yeah. uh, man. I mean, it's just like, this is, I don't know. I don't know. The uh, lions are better than the Raiders by a lot. Um, I think the lions might be a titch overrated by people in terms of how good they actually are. I think they are good. Maybe a little bit. They're fun to watch. I think. Yeah. Though. Yeah, for sure. You can't, you can't argue against that. Um, I think they'll beat up on the Raiders who have just looked terrible. They've just looked awful this year. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, well, there's our pick folks. Yeah, we will see. Um, last week I went two and one. Um, only one being wrong is the Vikings game, which I'm very grateful for. Dallin, you went one and two, um, got the Thursday night and Monday night game wrong. So um, we'll see how we fare this week. I feel fairly confident in our picks, to be honest. I think we'll both go three and zero this week, barring anything crazy happening. Yeah, I think so. I've been a little crazy. My picks honestly, because it, I have this weird thing where I can't have the same thing as you, like in my brain. So I have to pick a weird, weird picks. But now I'm starting to get over that, and I'm like, just definitely go for the. I'll, let, I'll let you go first from now on because I don't have that problem. Okay, that's probably <laughs> a good solution. Actually, so okay, well, yeah, we'll see. Um, not super exciting primetime games, but maybe we'll be we'll be surprised. Who knows? So, uh, but thank you all again for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys are having fun with this. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I won't speak for Dallin. He might just be suffering in silence, but, um, yeah, the worst. <laughs> yeah, I assume so. But, uh, thank you all for tuning in again. We're, uh, on Instagram and, in, uh, coaching from TC. Um, our podcast first three episodes are live on Spotify, Apple podcast, podcast.com and YouTube. Um, feel free to look us up, follow our Instagram. We're on TikTok, coaching from the couch. Uh, but we appreciate your guys' support. Appreciate you guys tuning in um, and we will see y'all next week.